Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. There is a place just for you. A place that embraces the promise of a warm spring night and a reminder to hurry home on a cool autumn evening. It is a place that exists above and below, where the surreal and sublime dance cheek to cheek. This is a place just for you to sit back and enjoy. Beautiful tales for the disenchanted. Our tale tonight is entitled The Ultimate, Chapter 26. You have exactly 10 seconds to talk before I call the police. Kirk Allen, potentially the ultimate man, probably slightly unhinged guy, laughs. The huntsman calling the police? Now I have seen everything. This is not the reaction Robert was expecting. Are you seriously just going to keep sitting there? Kirk continues to look at Robert with a big grin while Alfred continues to purr on his lap. I'm not leaving, Paul. Robert holds up his hand. Paul? My name is Robert. Sorry, yes, here your name is Robert, but where we come from, you're Paul Soul, the law-breaking huntsman, Kirk replies as if everything he says just made total sense. 
I understand what's happened. You've been lost down here for a long time, but you have to remember, I've pinpointed the whereabouts of the song. It is trapped in an instrument somewhere in this area. I'm going to go looking tonight and will hopefully have something to report to you tomorrow. Robert doesn't know what to do. He's had crazed fans turn up at his house before, but this feels different. This whole situation feels too calm. Normally, people have too much adrenaline flowing through their body when they've knocked on his door or cornered him in a public place, but this guy is relaxed. Too relaxed. Too relaxed to be saying these insane words to Robert. He can feel his own pulse racing, attempting to push him into some course of action, but what should he do? Calling the police appears to be the most sensible move. Maybe he could just physically remove him. (laughs) No chance. This guy potentially carried him up a flight of stairs. There is no way Robert could do anything to him physically. Also, he has Alfred on his lap. And if this man does anything to his cat, then there will be hell to pay. How'd you get in, says Robert? Through the door. The door was locked. Kirk laughs. Not the door on the ground level. Robert has to think about which door he could be talking about. The upstairs door? The door to your bedroom. Can I say, you're quite untidy in this universe. Jesus, this guy's a fruit loop. Obviously, the right move is the police. They'll know what to do about this guy. All they need to do is quietly remove him from the premises without any fuss, without the neighbours seeing, without anyone reporting about what had happened. He doesn't want the news finding out about this, especially if his bandmates find out about what is going down and use that as extra leverage to kick off a reunion. Okay, mate, says Robert. I'm sorry, but I'm calling the police. I think you seem very nice and sincere, but what you're saying is a little on the outlandish side, so I'll give them a buzz and we can sort this out in a nice, friendly way. Kirk stands up and walks towards Robert, who immediately takes two steps backwards. His intruder is quite intimidating. Tall, broad, muscular. In fact, he looks way too healthy for a supposedly homeless guy. Alfred, draped over his arm, his head resting in the palm of the stranger, opens his eyes for a moment and yawns before going back to sleep. Can you please put my cat down, says Robert. Are you afraid of me? Kirk takes a step closer, but this time Robert stands his ground. I'm afraid you're going to hurt my cat. What's his name? Robert pauses. What would it mean psychologically to tell this homeless man his cat's name? Why didn't he pay more attention to movies like Silence of the Lambs, especially the parts where it explains how to deal with freaks? Alfred. Kirk leans back and begins to laugh before stopping himself. He looks down at Alfred and strokes the back of his neck, a giant man with a fragile creature's life resting in his hands. He looks back at Robert and holds the cat out towards him. Named after the T.S. Eliot poem, Good to see some things never change, no matter which universe. Wait, you're saying you have T.S. Eliot in your universe? I think I've met Eliot in many universes, says Kirk, puzzled. You've met him many times too. Do you really not remember our team-up with him in the fifth quartet? Uh, sure, Kirk's eyes. Just so you trust me, I'm going to give you Alfred, but please promise me you'll just talk for a moment. Don't run off, don't call the police. This is really important that you listen and remember. Do we have a deal? Robert nods. At this point, he just wants his friend back in his arms. Kirk leans over and gently places Alfred in Robert's hands. He looks down at his cat, who opens one eye to see who is holding him now, and then returns to sleep. Okay, says Robert, attempting to compose himself. You think we're from another universe, is that correct? Yes. And in that universe, we're superheroes? Yes. And you want me to come back with you to save the multiverse? Yes. 
and you expect me to believe in this bigger universe, my name is Paul Soul, and I am the superhero, the Huntsman? Yes. I'm sorry, but that is very difficult to believe. Kirk sits down on the edge of the lounge, his shoulders relaxed, his demeanour calm. Aren't crazy people meant to be flailing about with their hands in the air while shouting about the government or something like that? Once again, Robert is unnerved by how relaxed, how calm this stranger is. This place has wiped you clean, hasn't it? Kirk says. He stares at Robert in a way that makes him feel uncomfortable, but he daren't look away. Well, not totally clean, but mostly. I'm using my ultimate vision and I can see your DNA is still intact. Have you ever wondered why you're never ill or survive physically traumatic events? I just thought I was lucky, says Robert. No, your mind and body are the pinnacle of human achievement. This place has repressed your memories, but inside you're still who you are. It's interesting. There's still parts of your personality coming through, even though there's a narrative attached to you rejecting your true self. I'm trying to think of an adventure we shared that will bring you back. You don't remember when we teamed up with Ghost Puma and the Incredible Mask to defeat the Planet Star? Robert shakes his head. Ghost Puma? What is happening here? Is he on something? If he is, at the very least, he can say it is creative. He looks to the side and figures if he makes a dash for it, he could be out the front in no time. It might be too much to hope that the neighbours won't notice. Don't try to make a run for it, says Kirk. I'm not at full power, but I'm still quick enough to stop you. Robert decides to take a different tact. Why are you here in Melbourne? Aren't superheroes meant to be in New York or Metropolis, places like that? Is there a New York and Metropolis here, Kirk says. We can only read the pages that write themselves. This is the first I've heard of those places in this book. In this book? Yes. Sure. Okay, I know you're lost down here and what I'm about to say will appear outlandish, but I'm going to start at the beginning and tell you what has happened so your memory returns. Please, Paul, sit down for a moment. Robert doesn't react at first, rooted to the ground, caught between fear and flight. Eventually, he feels himself walking towards his chair and then finds himself seated, not entirely certain why he would do what this man is asking. Alfred, meanwhile, continues to sleep, the most useless crime-fighting partner Robert could have at his side. Our enemy, the frail, Kirk says, swinging his body around from the edge of the lounge so he can sit properly in the corner. Robert hears the springs quietly squeak under the weight of his intruder. They're the pale, withered, vampiric creatures who escaped the golden threshold into the multiverse. They're not supposed to be able to exist here, but they've trapped their true inner vibrations in a secret song, which they then hide as an abstract idea in a book that writes itself. This book is a life trap designed to ensnare any who enter it to stop them from remembering who they are so the song will always remain hidden away. Robert nods. Yep, Captain Nutso would be a more appropriate name than Ultimate Man. Maybe he can unravel his friend with logic. Why don't the frail just destroy their vibrations? You can't destroy vibrations, Paul. And what are they going to do if you don't find the song? They'll break the multiverse down and rebuild it to suit their needs. One universe that plays by their rules, obeys their thoughts, and crushes the potential for the abstract, for the individual experience, for the beauty of life itself. Well, we wouldn't want that, says Robert. He tries to conceal the sarcasm in his voice, but knows he has failed when Kirk just looks at him and nods. For the first time, his look of serenity drops and disappointment creeps into the corner of his mouth. No, no we don't. 
says Kirk, his voice soft but still firm. This is the most complex and realistic life trap that I have ever encountered. Even I'm beginning to feel doubt and fear down here. I understand how you could find yourself so lost. Paul, I'm sorry, I didn't come to save you earlier. Between you and Calliope, I thought you'd be back in no time. Sorry, but who's Calliope? Kirk shakes his head. His shoulders sag. A sudden sadness weighs him down. You don't remember Calliope? No, I'm sorry. I have no idea who you're talking about. She's... You're very close in our world. She came down here with you, but was rejected from the story. It was quite sudden. Alfred wakes and stretches, a silent yawn revealing his little teeth. He squirms out of Robert's arms and onto the carpet. Alfred walks up to Kirk, rubs against his legs, and then wanders off. Robert sits alone with the intruder. We didn't know the invasion had begun at first, Kirk continues, his hands together looking straight at Robert. It began with the music. In Croatia, the Zagreb Philharmonic Orchestra forgot how to play Albanino's Adagio. What whole songs disappeared, then the artists who created the songs, until whole legacies were reduced to half-hummed tunes people couldn't quite remember. Next was the written word. Every copy of The Great Gatsby was discovered to have been replaced with words that made no sense. Dante's Divine Comedy slowly lost a line of verse every 33 minutes, until finally there was one word remaining. What was the word? Kirk shakes his head. It isn't important. What was important was that it began with art, but soon evolved into languages devolving into grunts of aggression. As civilizations collapsed all around us, it was all we could do to stop the world from going insane. Luckily, we had someone on our side smarter than the enemy, someone who could engage the emotional and practical that we needed in a way that the frail could never comprehend. That person was... Robert braces himself. He knows who Kirk is going to say, and suddenly hopes against hope it isn't who he thinks it is. Please don't say Athena. Please, that would be to Athena. Jesus, shit. Athena, the woman in his dreams. Is that where he's heard Calliope's name before? Is this man in front of him the man from his dreams who flies and inspires and gives everyone confidence? Robert feels like he might be sick. It isn't Kirk that's nuts. It's him. He's having a psychotic episode probably brought on by all the booze and gear and isolation. Fuck. She was always the smartest of us. She saw what was happening. We brought every hero we knew together, even as the skies turned red and the edges of reality were eaten away. By the time music no longer existed, we knew we had to strike back before the words were gone as well. That was when we discovered the life trap, disguised as a book that hid the song that will save the universe, and it was within our reach. We stole the book back from the evil librarian before he could catalogue and hide it forever in his infinite library. You and Calliope volunteered to descend into this world to save us all. We waited for you. We waited for hours, but there were no signs. It appeared you both were overwhelmed, forgot that this was a rescue mission. Then Calliope reappeared, broken and bruised, little memory of what just happened. She's currently reading us now, making certain the story progresses. I used my ultimate vision to look for you, and when I finally had a sense of where you might be, I too descended. I can see why you've been trapped down here. This world is dense, heavy. I feel indecisive, moody, sad. I'm doing everything I can to remain positive. Robert just nods his head. What's he meant to say? Half an hour ago, he would have thought the words of the evil librarian were hilarious, but that is the least crazy thing that has been said all night. How does this poor guy, this delusional man, know about his dreams? It has to be a coincidence. 
Had Robert told anyone about his dreams? Who knows what shitty prattles when he's drunk and high. Maybe this guy isn't here at all. This could be a hallucination, a very sincere hallucination. No, he must be real. Damien has seen him and he's certain the rest of the staff have encountered him as well. This Kirk Allen must be sitting here really believing what he says. Once again, the best approach to help snap this delusion is to ask simple questions that will hopefully point out the flaws in the imaginary world. You say I've been gone for hours, but I'm 44 years old. How does that work out? Without missing a beat, Kirk replies, Time moves differently down here. For every hour in our universe, four years passes here. We've been gone for just over 11 hours, with the frail inching closer and closer to victory. Haven't you noticed how weird time is in this world? It ebbs and flows at different rates. Sometimes it feels slow, and then suddenly it speeds up. It's designed that way to exhaust us. It's why my powers are fading. I'm using so much internal energy just remembering who I am. Okay, that didn't work. Robert has felt that sense of time speeding up recently, though. This guy is sharp when it comes to off-the-cuff answers. Try another question. Shouldn't we have sent a league of heroes down here to find the song? I wish we could, but this world is fragile, Kirk says. It's been designed to collapse if it comes into contact with a type of physics it doesn't understand. It's interesting, though. Even in a place like this, the inhabitants still dream and tell stories about better places, more colourful, more... Hope, says Robert. Yes! Hope. Sounds like we should have called Cal for this adventure, right? Kirk laughs and suddenly stands unfolding from the lounge and looming over Robert. He moves his neck from one side to the next. The cracks his bones make sound like a wooden ruler being snapped. Now, Paul, says Kirk, I'm going to have to rest to keep what energy I have left to help us find the song and then escape this place. We need to use the eclipse on Tuesday to fly out of here. I'm going to fly as high as I can above the clouds to soak in as much of the energy as I can from this local star, and then I'll return home tomorrow night when night falls. My senses are dimming, but I promise I'll have a plan to save the day. We're going to do this, Paul. We're going to save the universe again. It's what we do. Kirk turns and walks to the front door. Robert stands, suddenly to follow, scampering behind, looking like a dutiful host, seeing a guest out after a delightful evening together. Kirk is already at the door by the time Robert catches up with him. Why don't you, I don't know, just use your powers, find the song now and save the day? Kirk opens the front door and turns around, the street lamp illuminating a bright halo around his head. Robert is impressed. Kirk might be insane, but he knows how to position himself, so he at least looks heroic. This place doesn't have superheroes. It is a delicate universe. If I do one thing that undermines the basic physics of this place, it will collapse in on itself and will not only be trapped here forever, but the song will be lost for all time and the frail win. Robert nods. Every question he's thrown at his guy, he's had a quick fire response. A mentally deranged response, but within the confines of whatever reality he's living in, he's consistently on point. Kirk walks out to the front yard and looks like he's about to leave through the gate before Robert calls out. Hey, did you save those kids in Romsey? says Robert. What do you think? Kirk replies. I don't know what to think. Can I ask you a question? Okay, this is a new development. Kirk has been acting as if he has all the answers. Now he's added some intrigue with a possible question. Sure, says Robert. Who are you down here? Robert responds without thinking. I used to be a rock star. Kirk booms a laugh that echoes across the park opposite Robert's house. Of course. How perfect. I must have missed that part of the story. 
Robert feels Alfred curling about his legs. He bends down to pick up his purring cat and looks up to speak to Kirk, but he's already gone. Robert stands alone on his veranda, holding his cat and looking out at the deserted street before finally whispering to Alfred, What the fuck is happening? Thank you for joining us. You're always welcome here. Remember to avoid danger with strangers and never accept advice from mice. We hope to see you again here soon. Until then. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.